Oh, you the smarty art nigga, huh? You the smarty art nigga. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Can you kick my You don't take these type of risks, boy, cause this boy been throwing that D like rich boy. You miss, boy. Your numbers don't add up on the blow. That was 10 years ago. If you know, you know. Yeah. If you know, you know. Yo, guess who's back? You know, What's you know. goody? Guess who's back? <laughs> hey, man, y'all are tuning in to the Smart Kids Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for, you know, for, for hitting us up, asking us where we've been. Uh, we, we got lives, too, but uh-huh. but no, nah, it's our fault, man. We make on kind of a hiatus, but uh, but we back right now, so yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and look on the bright side, yo. We just got that much more shit talk to do, you know what I'm saying? And, we, you know, we know your favorite, we're your favorite source for shit talks. We apologize for not yeah. leaving you a dope spot, uh, pod to step to. I messed that hey, up. My bad, Timberland. It's cool. Damn. Hey, man, but stop. <laughs> Shit, stop complaining, man. Y'all niggas got Netflix. Y'all can catch up on Luke Cage while y'all was waiting. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? All that good stuff, yo. <laughs> yo, you watch Luke Cage? Drop. No, I, I saw the first season, y'all. I ain't watched the second season. Yeah, second, like, the, the first, like, three episodes kind of garbage, but but the rest of it, man, I fuck with because they got a Jamaican dude, and every time I hear Jamaican talk, it made me think of the movie Belly when a nigga was talking to, uh, when he was talking to X, and he said... Belly's done data. Nah, 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 not even. <laughs> when he was sitting on the couch, and X was trying to get some dope from him, and he was like, Polly, watch your right blood clot now. <laughs> <laughs> I just always remember that shit, man. Uh, my man was my man was doing breakdance moves with the M16 on the floor. Hell and yeah. then Shorty came down and cut his throat, yo. Yeah, yeah, chick had hey. tight stripes on the ass and everything. But yo, so, yo. Hold on, man. Hey, real quick too, yo, yo. I, I know we got we got a different we got all types of demographics coming through. Yo, I don't know if it's a timeless move if it holds up to the time, yo, but check out Bella either way, yo. Go back and do your research. If you ain't seen that movie, y'all yo, just the, y'all might not have been outside back then, yo. But if y'all ain't see Belly. Hey yo, the man, end of the movie is kinda it's kinda off the wall, but just yeah. look at the movie from an artistic, like visual standpoint, yo, that shit will change your life. Yeah, like the, co- the colors in that thing. joint. Yeah, the colors in it is just crazy. The music. Yeah. But anyway, man, how you been, man? What's good, man? Chilling. Actually, I've been good. I can't complain, yo. I can't complain, yo. I've been shit, getting work. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I'm saying? Me and the homie Mark has been working on a series of murals. We got an intergalactic soul mural project that we're doing right now out in Charlotte. If y'all are in town, come through. We at the historic West Point, uh, Five Points, excuse me, historic West End. And uh, we're doing a series of murals over there. It's dope, man. It's a it's a black community. A lot of, you know, generations of black folks lived over there since the um, they had a joint called the Urban Renewal Project. I put my motherfucking air quotes up on that. But it was like, you know, gentrification. Gentrification 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yo, so it's a yeah, lot of y'all be liking our, I wonder why they be liking our neighborhood so much, man. Yo, man. Uh, yo, I'm, yo, I'm at. So yo, I'm they at, even go ahead. They even gen, they even gentrified Timberlands. Son, see that shit? Son, Tim's and, be and, like and two hundred <laughs> Old girl said, "Yo, I got boxer braids." Yo, I was like, "Yo, they cornrows." Yo, get the hey. get the fuck out of here, yo. Yo, so <laughs> but yo, it's crazy, yo. So I'm I'm at my one of my homeboys' crib, and he lives in a, um, it's a street called Norris in uh, in Charlotte. And it's like Delahaye Course. It's a hood. It's I mean, it's pretty much the hood, whatever, like that, man. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I, I'm not even saying that in a negative sense because there's a stereotype that just because people live in the hood that they miserable, yo. Like, nah, yo, it's 
people like yo they love the community whatever so yo so we chilling up there and um next thing you know come around the corner yo it's like 50 white people like running and come to find out they got like this beer run where they run from like this one brewery and hey, they, yo, they create a neighborhood. sport for anything anything yo. bro they run through the neighborhood <laughs> and they run to another brewery but they running through like this black neighborhood and I look at my boy, I'm like, yo, they coming, yo. They about to gentrify your spot. But what's ill is like, I'm on my way home. And I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? The people in that neighborhood, though, couldn't go do a run in one of their communities. Otherwise, the cops would be out there, yo. And it'd be stupid thick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that shit, that shit is funny how that shit works, man. It gets frustrating, yo. But on a brighter note, again, we doing murals. You know what I'm saying? We getting the motherfucking checks. I know that much, yo, too. So it's, it's, it's dope when you get to do stuff for the community and you get a nice check behind it man but um yeah it's good to see people like actually put put value onto art because for so many you know there's so many projects that we work on that people just they feel like they're happy with you remaining the the starving artist you know what I'm saying and you just doing that shit for 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 praise and it's like y'all still gotta eat you know so to see people that that actually um, you know, appreciate what you do enough to yeah. to pay you. That, like that's always dope. Absolutely, because it's not a hobby. You know what I mean? It's it's not a hobby, and it's yeah. I don't know, man. I I, I do got something I want to rant on, but then again, man, before I go into that, man, how you been, y'all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm straight, yeah. man. <laughs> Had uh, <laughs> me, me, nah, <laughs> nah, I had um. I ain't gonna lie, man. Like we all, we all fam. So I can yeah, say, yeah, like yeah. I had, you know, I went through a little, little rough patch, man. Which is, you know, I'll, I'll take, I'll eat that. Like that's part of the reason we've been kind of, you know, slacking as far as, uh, as far as recording a new episode. I just, you know, I was going through my own little stuff, man. Just overstressed with, with things from, you know, what I'm saying. You just get shit added on your shoulders, yeah. you know, and then eventually it starts to get too heavy. And just between, I guess between like December and May, you know, what I'm saying it was just like. You know, nigga lost his job, and then you know you lose that, you lose your girl. Yo, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I had to come up off of ten thousand in taxes this year just in France. Plus, mm. I still gotta, I still gotta file taxes in the states, and it's just like, yo, that shit bothers you, yo. Mm. You know what I mean? So, cause I ain't rich. Like, I'm not rich by any means. But so. ten thousand, like, that's man, ten thousand is doing a lot, man. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, man. So, um, but since the last podcast, like I said, like I'm cool, man. Like, uh, um, took some time away to just, just live a little bit, man. So I've been, uh, um, you know, I flew my mom's over here, took her to Rome for, um, for Mother's Day, and then my homeboy came out here. Uh, shout out to Champ, coaching with the uh, Chicago Bears. He came over, and uh, we been, we went back to Rome, and then down there, Murphy Coast, to just you know get away, get some sun or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I didn't hit Rome twice, and then I was in London. Um. I guess last week. Um, I actually fly to New York this week, uh, this Friday. We're supposed to be shooting for um, for Vogue India. Okay. Um, and then I also got to shoot uh, for L magazine that's coming up. So, uh, yeah, man, just trying to, you know, I had like a lot of photographers between New York, Paris, and London. For some reason, it's been like a slow period. So yeah. right now, shit's starting to pick back up. And so I'm just like, you know, in between my photography and then like my personal blog, uh, which I never really talk about up here, but if y'all want to check it out, it's uh, www. Yo, by the way, I hate when people say www. It's like, yo, it's three W's, yo. But, <laughs> but yo, it's uh, www.theconceitednobody.com. Um, so I just post stuff on like, 
you know what I'm saying, like my routines in Paris and then like my personal style, but then also kind of uh, my take on my photography and like how I get certain shots and that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah man, just trying to keep busy. And then um, this week has been kind of, kind of cool because I've been, um, you know, I got friends that work here for different record labels. Uh, one uh, one really good friend, Flo, shout out to Flo. Uh, she works for Warner Music. And um, so a lot of her artists are the American and British artists. So when they come over, you know, she'll invite me. So um, got to go and kick it with uh, with her and see Anderson Pac, uh, mm. Pac sorry, uh, perform um, Sunday a few days ago. Yeah. Um, and then kicked it with him and his uh, his band, the Free Nationals, backstage. Yo, they're some of the coolest people. And he's one of, if you get a chance to see a show, he's one of the, like, easily one of the most talented people I've ever seen. Yeah, I was um, lightweight jealous. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, he just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I heard his, uh, you know, he let me hear his new album, man, which I, I can't. It ain't my information, so I can't give it away. But yo, that shit is gonna be fire. I bet. So, yeah, man. So that man, you know, what I'm saying, fucked around. Went and, went to go see uh, Ed Sheeran this week. Got to go, you know, kick it with him. And um, yeah, man, just just getting back into the swing of things, man. So not to talk too yeah. much, but uh, but yeah, everything's everything's everything. We good. No, that's dope. And yeah, and. and- even though I, you know, I didn't meet him, you know what I'm saying? Because like I ain't, I ain't nobody. I ain't gonna meet Anderson Pack. But just shout out to him, yo, because that dude is just, he, do that. he a, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That dude is an artist, man. That dude is a true artist, and um, and not yo, he that does this thing not. where. Go ahead. My bad to cut you off. He does this shit where like he sing, like he'll sing and rap or whatever, but then he'll like legit leave the stage. Like leave one part of the stage and go to another part of the stage and just go play the drums. But like he plays the drums like a nigga that I've never heard in my life. Like better than any church drummer. Which if you black, you know church you know drummers. Exactly. Be the you best. know they get it in. Yeah. Yeah. But nah, he's better than any of that shit, yo. So yeah. shout out to him. Shout out to his band, the Free Nationals. Absolutely. I'm um, looking forward to that Free Nationals project. Yeah. Shout out to his uh, his photographer Israel. Really cool dude, man. So I'm hoping to uh, you know I fly to L. A. in a couple weeks. I'm hoping to you know to link up with them when I'm out there. So yeah, definitely. Man, yeah, man, yeah, and it's a pack, dude. Man, I mean, he don't need my shout out, man. But all means, man, I I like to salute dudes when I see it, and you can tell people that that that's a master of their craft, you know, and take their craft seriously. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They ain't got people writing bars for them and stuff. I'm gonna fall back. I'm an old dude. I'm gonna fall back on that. But but no, um, <laughs> yo. But I, I'm gonna just yo. We, we gonna get into it, yo. I'm gonna throw this this quick little rant out, man. I just gotta get this off the chest and. For those who are listening, you know what I'm saying? For people that are artists, pay attention to the projects that you're taking a part of, right? If you're an artist, if you're just like a gun for hire, if you're just like a painter for hire, whatever, if somebody just points to something and you paint it because they threw you a check, then I guess this ain't really for you. But if you're an artist, yo, don't, don't approach the world or approach people on some kumbaya shit. If you taking part of projects that are gentrifying communities, you know what I'm saying? So one of the first steps to gentrification is the beautification process. That's when they pay an artist to come in to do murals and stuff and to make the area look more attractive. And then that's when you start to see the gentrification. These businesses come in and like these communities and whatever. So it's like know the difference between a gentrification project and a restoration project. This is two totally different things. You know what I'm saying? All right, go, go. What's the what's the difference? So like, okay, like you know, like I said, we're doing we're doing work in this black community, right? Yo, if now we're making artwork that's reflective to the history of that community, not 
not a PBR mural for like a beer sponsor or, you know, some some wine or vodka sponsor. That's not what we do. We're not putting up some template generic shit or nothing like that. Like we're making art that is direct that directly reflects the voice of that community. The people that are living there now who have have always been living there. You know what I'm saying? If you're getting commissioned to come into this neighborhood and throw up a mural, like I said, for some sort of sponsor or something along the lines of that, like no better. Like, no, just know what you're doing. I ain't saying don't do it. Just know what you're doing. And then when you approach a real motherfucker like me, don't don't be surprised when I look at you a certain way. Because like, yo, because again, yo, like like here in the Charlotte community, people always come up and everybody's all this like lovey-dovey, like this fake liberal type thing. And I ain't gonna say fake liberal because like just because you liberal don't mean like you ain't racist as a motherfucker or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or classism, whatever. But it's like, don't approach me... Or artists, I say, that come from the same cut as me, where we take a level of, we have a level of sincerity when we approach a project, especially when it revolves around people that look like us. You know what I'm saying? Because it's rarely that it's ever a time where they send artists to go and paint work for communities that look like us. It's generally like you go to the rich side of part of town. Like they they're not putting up a Shepherd Fear mural in the hood. They're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they'll go and put up a Shepherd Fear mural in like a more ritzy or, or high end part of town. And this is I'm talking about like the funding and stuff like that is coming through. So this is not um, about Shepherd Ferry. You know what I'm saying? So Shepherd Ferry, he's uh correct me if I'm wrong, he's a dude that did like the Hope uh Obama picture or whatever. Yeah, 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 the obey. You know All what I'm right. saying? So yeah. so and Shepherd Ferry is an advocate for a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm only using his name as his example because he's like you know what I'm saying he's a very, very like sought after artist and uh with a with tons and tons of notoriety but just as to say like you know so right now like they're investing in artists to come in this community like charlotte artists and and by means like i'm not to my own horn but like we ain't no regular ass dudes fuck all that man talk your shit i mean yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean but like so so i say that in the sense of like this is a restoration project so no like understand like what it is that they're having you do because again like when we did this project like yo we're talking to people in the community people are coming by generally that's not the case usually they give you a check you go put the work up and they really don't give a fuck about what anybody there thinks you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so this is this is a little bit different but that's gentrification because you don't care what those people think because they're gonna be out of here in like a year or two you know what i'm saying <laughs> restoration is a little bit different so all i'm saying is Yo, to end my rant because I don't want to go on too long. And a lot of people may be unaware. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm aware. It's like, yo, all money ain't good money. You know what I'm saying? And like, granted, as an artist, I know it's like it's tough and it's it's hard to come by a check sometimes. But yo, don't sell your soul for a check. You know what I'm saying? If you dope, if your shit is dope and you really got talent like you say you got if you really banging on your craft if you really out here networking and whatnot it'll like, come to you eventually it'll come to you man you don't have yo you don't have to do that like stop just because these people have a check do not mean they have power over you and by all means i say that to say like yo if someone comes to me with a check and says like yo i want you to do a mural in this black neighborhood of these I don't know, whatever, like a beer. But see, that's kind of. I'm not gonna do that, yo. But see, that's kind of a. Um, I don't know, man. I guess from me looking at it, that's that could be kind of tough because 
I guess because in the beginning you don't really know if it's gentrification or if it's a restoration project. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, we want to do, um, you know, we want you to do such and such piece. Uh, like we want you to do a mural in the Bronx." You know what I'm saying? In your mind, you like, "All right, well, cool. I'll do it because it's the Bronx. You know, these are you know these are dope people. This this is the black community, Hispanic community, etc." Yeah. But then in the end, imagine they turn around six months later and start upping the prices and kicking motherfuckers. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's yeah, kind of yeah. like you. You don't really, really know. No, you don't. But but if they if they now it's different if they're like, hey, I want you. We want you because of who you are and the work that you do. We want you to put a mural here. And they're like, you know, what I'm saying like and us, we have free range. They were like, yo, put up whatever you want. Like we seen the artwork. We know what the exhibition and things like that about. You know, what I mean, like we want you to put up something here that's going to be a reflection of this community. You know what I mean? And you can usually tell like in the meetings, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's not generally like a phone call and you get a check. Like it's, it's conversations that happen. They'll kind of tell you about like where they want it. And it's kind of on you too, to do some research about the place that you put in the mural up at. If you know, and just, just depending, you know what I'm saying? Cause again, like if you go to like Miami and put up a mural, like it's probably not a gentrification project because Miami is so invested in the art community. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you know, if, if they're telling you like, yo, they want you to put up a mural of like Ronald Reagan, yo, in the middle of a black community, like, yo, no, no, like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, like it's different when they're just like, hey, we like your work. We just want you to put up a mural here. Cool. Do yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, too, man, it's like, you know, and I and, and I guess the, the whole source of it is that because we, we have people like and, and we have white artists here in Charlotte that have been like direct messaging me and Marcus asking, hey, man, can y'all put us down with, you know, the people over in the West End that's handing out the grants community? I'm like, yo, like if you got to ask that question, that means you're not a part of this community and yeah. you just trying to get a check off of like exploitation of these people, yo. And I, the last thing I'm going to do is stand back and watch a black person get exploited or black people for that matter. You know what I'm saying? Anybody from the beginning with, but I'm, I'm damn sure rooting for the black folks, yo. So mm. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, that, and that's just kind of like where all this sort of stems from, because people are like, "Yo, how do I get over there? How do I get over there?" And he's, you know, and they're, and they're all white artists. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna say any names because, like, I don't want to feel like people can't ask me for stuff or talk to me about it. But it's like if you have to ask that question, like, bro, you've never been on this side of town, never. So like, don't mm. all of a sudden want to come over here because you see some money, like, nah, because you don't really care about these people. And this project, it's this is not just a job. You know what I'm saying? This is restoration. They're trying to restore a community. You know what I'm mm. saying? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit different, man. I, I took take a little bit personal, yo. So I just I just want to put that rant out there. We might have a have a segment about rants, man. You know what I'm saying? Because it's I just feel like it needs to be said, man. Because again, because a lot of people don't know in our audience. I, I imagine some of them are just starting out in photography and things like that, and in the arts. So it's just like, yo, like. All money isn't good money. It, it all, you know, we want money, granted, and that's what we. That's why we do what we do, because we love it, and we would like to get paid because we love it. But yeah. don't sell your soul for a check, yo. Don't don't do it. So, so that I think that's a that's a good, I guess, lean in to a question I wanted to ask you a while ago. Um, well, it's two things. The first one, because we're talking about gentrification, cultural cultural appropriation, all that kind of stuff. And this is just a quick point. Don't you think it's funny how? <laughs> don't you think it's funny how Justin Timberlake, like for the latter half of his career, has been 
killed for quote unquote cultural appropriation. But then as soon as he put out this latest album, people kill him for making an album that sounds white. It's weird, man. It's really weird, bro. <laughs> Ain't it and crazy? I, I and I and I honestly Niggas be hypocrites, man. Yo, they be they be hypocrites, man. Cause even like with the Bruno Mars thing, like Yo, Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars literally said, like, yo, like, this New Jack, he's always gave credit to, like, black artists. Like, yo, New Jack Swing, this comes from black artists. Like, what are you talking, like, he even did, like, a living, in living color, like, rendition. And, and, and did it intentionally to pay homage to, you know what I mean? And, like, homage. Justin Timberlake, homage, yeah, my bad, yo. And, and Justin Timberlake case, man, I, I don't know, man, I, I think it's more, I think Justin's Timberlake, his, Part of it, I think, has to deal with his demographic growing up. You know what I mean? Like, because when I was young, and I remember when he did the joint, what was it, Justified? We had the, the Pharrell joint, the doom. Yeah. Doo-doo-doo. Yeah, that joint. Yeah, I just listened yeah. to that shit the other day. What is it, Let Me Love You? Uh, the joint with uh, Like I Love You with the clips. Like I Love You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could ride around bumping nerd <laughs> in the deck. Funny how a few words turn <laughs> into sex. sex. Yo, that shit went hard. <laughs> Sounded like Mace on the joint. <laughs> yeah. But, I just wanna love you, baby. My bad, I can't say. Fuck y'all. Yo, that beat right though. That beat right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I think like when I was younger, listening to that, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking of anything along the lines of like cultural appropriation or because I was like one, I was like yo, Pharrell's on it. You know, I was just listening yeah, to it for care. the sake of the music. But then like as you get older, and yo, your artists be way get too older, opinionated, man. They do, man. I, I, I just say I, I think part of it, and I guess it's it's harder for 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 uh black people to separate themselves from it, is that like it's kind of like the same thing with Jordan. As you get older, you're like, yo, all this stuff is going on. You're not saying anything, so it's like, yo, like you coming to eat at the table. But at the same time, you ain't sticking around and clean the dishes. Like you got these police yeah. shootings and things like that happening, that and it's sometimes. like, yo, you're quiet, bro. But then you're gonna turn I do that around shit sometimes, and, though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody, you're gonna turn around and sample and a Marvin Gaye. But I, I say like it's a little bit different when it's you and it's somebody with a huge platform like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And then it's kind of like. And I think the timing of it too. When he put that album out, this is also like the Trump election and stuff. They're like, yo, hold on, man. What is, what's this nigga doing? Yeah. 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 Um, so, that, yeah. So, I wanted to ask you a question on. Um, your first thought, do you shave your meat, Paul? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, yo. I don't know why I asked that shit. Yo, yo. Yo, <laughs> yo we should get. Yo, real. <laughs> Yo, yo, what's good with that Dollar Shave Club sponsorship? Yo, bevel, what's yo. That? The bevel, what's that? yo. Oh, the bevel yo. for, for, for shaving si- your meat? My signature fade with the bevel blade. Signature <laughs> ball fade, shaving your balls and shit. Hey, yo. Smooth as eggs, yo. Hey, go ahead, man. Hey, yo, uh, no, what I wanted to ask was, um, and I'll, I can answer the question as well, but like, how do you choose what to do for your art? So like for me, and the reason I asked, somebody asked me that recently, they said, um, I think their question to me was like, it was a two part question. It was one, how do you choose what your, like the theme of your photo shoot? Mm-hmm. And then they also asked like, how do you pick the, um, 
you know, the the team that you work with because so I had to go. Uh, so for for those that don't know, like I'm, I work also. I'm a spot. I'm a sponsor. I'm bugging. I'm an ambassador for uh, for Sony cameras uh, in France. And so sometimes I'll go like around the country of France and do like, you know, workshops and talks and all that kind of stuff. And um, the last one I did, man, I thought I was going to be there answering questions as far as like my experience in using Sony cameras. But it ended up turning into people asking like just about my about me and my experience and my life and work, which was a little like lightweight, uncomfortable just because I wasn't ready for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was still kind of cool. Like it was a dude, you know, came here from Belgium to, you know, whatever. And then somebody else came from Spain just to see, like just to talk to me, which was pretty humbling. But, um, but they asked that question. And so people ask that a lot about photographers, you know, how do you pick this? How do you pick that? Um, so, one of the things that I look at as far as when you look at like the theme of a photo shoot, people got to know that when you're doing basically when say if I do a photo shoot for Macy's or for shit, I don't know. Um, I was about to say Rockaway, but don't nobody wear that shit no more. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> God, like, like Nietzsche like, and then yeah, like, Mecca. Like, uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like a brand or like a store or something. Yeah. Like. That that's a little bit different because they had they already have like this entire uh, you know internal team and all that kind of stuff and yeah. then it's it's a lot more like it's a lot less creative when the reason photographers like shooting for different magazines is because that's basically you have the creative reins unless you're working for say Vogue uh, United States or Vogue uh, uh, Britain like UK because then those are like such big publications that they pretty much they control everything you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. but any other magazines you have free reign to kind of you know do what you want now each magazine if you look at it if it's a monthly so you know 12 issues per year then each issue this I am bugging each issue has a theme um, you know, on it. So, you know, one issue might be ocean or the next issue might be, you know, wind or the next one may be sorcery or whatever. And it's up to you to kind of figure out, like put together a mood board, which is basically like a, um, you know, a Photoshop file of, you know, different inspirations and what you plan on shooting as far as the light and then how you want the makeup to be, the hair, the location, all that kind of stuff. And um, so it's funny because everything that I'm shooting now is literally ideas that I've had since like 2010, 2011, when I started in photography, the only difference is that before I didn't have, for one, I didn't have the confidence in myself, but also the people that I was, you know, asking around me, you know, if they were like a, a wardrobe stylist, if they wanted to work with me or something, they would always say no, just because they weren't that confident in my work yet to, to you know what I'm saying, like to push for an idea that may be so challenging. So, um, so now what I'm shooting, it's, it's cool because everything I'm shooting now is basically ideas from, you know, six, seven, eight years ago that just now are people are trusting me. To, like the magazines are actually trusting my yeah. work and trusting my style for me to do it. Now, as far as the team, that's I only work with people that I feel like are better than me. And the reason I do that, man, is like, um, you know, that, that saying of like playing down to your competition. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. afraid I'm afraid to work with somebody new and I'm afraid to work with someone who's um who I feel like is on the same level because I know me and I'm just, you know, at the end of the day, like we come from athletic backgrounds. So all it is is competition. And yeah. I don't want to be, uh, you know, you look at Method Man and Red Man when they're in the studio together and they'll tell you they're trying to outdo each other, which is why when they're together, it always sounds better than when they're solo. Yeah. And for me, when I have a uh, when I have a photo shoot, it's the same thing. Like I'm trying <clears> to, you know. I'm, I'm so nervous and I'm freaking out because I'm trying to put my shit on the same level as these people that I hold higher than me. And so so I was, I guess, curious of how you choose, like, you know what I'm saying, like what art piece you're going to do or 
um, you know what I'm saying? Like how your how your your projects come to like come to fruition. I like that word, fruition. That's that is a good word. Yeah, props on using. Props the word hey. of the day, yeah. Pee Wee Herman word of the day. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, you remember remember Large Mars from Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all always remember her. Yo, yeah, it was crazy, man. For the longest time, I didn't know that was Lawrence Fishburne. What? Uh, uh, was it? Uh, the cowboy. Um. What was the cowboy's name, yo? In the Pee Wee Playhouse oh. joint. Oh, I thought you was talking about Large Mars was Lawrence. I'm about to say that nah, nigga nah, put on nah. mad makeup. Nah, yeah. Nah, <laughs> nah. The, the cowboy. It was, I can't remember the name, yo. It's going to bug me, man. But yeah. yeah, that was Lawrence Fishburne. I was like, damn, yo, that's Morpheus, yo. Looking crazy. But, um... That nigga but, got the... He got the ill craters in his face from acne. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yo, that's crazy. His, his daughter did a porno, y'all. I mean, I know yo, that's did old you see news. It? Did you see nah, it? Nah, man. I, nah, yo. But somebody was joking. Yo. I think it was Charlamagne. Somebody, she had polka dots on her ass. Oh my god, something like yo, that. that. Shit, yo, that. <laughs> hey, yo, man. that's crazy. That's that shit crazy, like yo. a that shit like a dirt road, my nigga. Like that shit, god, was terrible. It was like bumps everywhere, discolorations, like. Yo, that joint look like a heroin addict's arm, yo. But go ahead, I'm, I'm, I'm look, bugging. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. Yo, so I, I guess, man, like I, I've worked with Marcus pretty much for the majority of my my art career because because I, I when I started to get back into art, um, it was around the time he he was part of an art group called God City, um, and I think they were kind of. At that, that at that point they were kind of disbanding already, but um, like you know I, I started picking art back up, and me and him vibed as like friends before we even came about doing like an art show and stuff together. Cause he, when he was he was doing one called um, uh, it was uh, Dollar in the Dream. He was doing one called Dollar in the Dream, and uh, I ended up hopping in the project. Cause I was like, man, you know, I like the, the concept was dope. You know what I mean? We were just kind of talking about it back and forth. But at the moment I still didn't really have like so much work created for it, but I did have some pieces in mind. So then I just kind of approached him like, yo, I got this idea for these pieces. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and from there I was already like learning how to use like illustrate the same programs as him. So, um, and we both always liked the same comic book artists. We like the same, like, you know, I guess you still call them industry artists, if you want to call them that. Um, but, so like I don't know it, it it all just started from us just being cool and finding out that we both had uh, similar ideologies and we both were passionate about the same like social issues and the same type of art and things within pop culture so that kind of helps too because it kind of creates this it kind of creates this thing like I compare it to when like when Pusha did the hard piano song, he was he said, yo, he needed a third verse and he just sent it to Rick Ross and he didn't even check for it. He was like he knew that it was going to be good because he knew Rick Ross was good for it. Like he he said, yo, he was a fan of his music and he just knows like Ross puts out consistent stuff as far as what he likes and what he was going for. And I think it's kind of the same thing with me and Marcus because we'll do intergalactic soul pieces and we won't even necessarily have a conversation about some of them. They'll just they'll just be done. And we'd be like, yo, I just did this piece from using this line from Lupe. And like, so are you more 
so you're more inspired by like by is it more social issues or is it more like music that's based both. on social issues? Yeah, it, it's both. Like the, the thing, I mean, the thing with like you, is, you know, being black, we both went through the black experience, so we got plenty of stuff that we can talk about. You know what I mean? Not saying, yeah, <laughs> still going through. You know exactly. <laughs> uh, and 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 plus, not even though every person that went through the black is going through the black experience, isn't necessarily the best at talking about it because they can't you know take those emotions out of it and things like that um but with us we we both sort of have a same approach to having those conversations and yeah. we both are fan of the same type of hip hop and the same music and stuff so you know we'll I'll hear a verse or something and and I'll have an idea that just comes to mind and then from there I'll start sketching stuff out or I hit him up like hey man yo I it was this line that Jay Electronica said you know this and that I'm, I'm thinking of a, a piece sort of like this and that he's like yo that's dope and I'll do it and I'll you know and I'll, sh- I'll show it to him he'll show me his or if he, if he came up with something and if there is feedback to give it's like hey you know add some shading here or you know it'll probably look ill if you gave it this type of text or something like that but and that's that's pretty much how it's, how it works, man. Like it's 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 weird because it's very very unstructured at the end of the day, um, but somehow somehow it gets it done. I will always say if I could give any advice as far as people to work with, work with people that you can have a conversation with. You know what I mean? that that mm. you can. I mean, like outside of outside out, of art, exactly. But outside of what you do. Um, because then you get to really fill out their personality. Because everybody that's talented isn't necessarily the person to work with. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. Know, we, we know plenty of them. I mean, talented, like extremely talented. But you know, it's other. You don't want to be around them. Yeah, it's other. And and at some point, at some point in time, that energy is going to rear its head, and it's going to disrupt the creative process. Especially if you're looking to work with somebody for the long term. Like you know, in your case, I guess as a photographer, you you may have you may have people that you like within like that do makeup and lighting and things like that. But you you can switch up. You know what I mean between between them, depending on what you're looking for, what you want. Because essentially, I guess it. Correct me if I'm wrong. You sort of dictate on what the final piece should look like, like what the product should look like, right? Yeah, I mean, you have, like I said, you have when it's the huge, huge publications, which I've done some, and it's kind of like <clears throat> those are. I mean, you still are like you still have a huge say, but a lot of times that magazine is kind of like they're gonna try to overrule everything. It's like too many okay. chiefs, not enough Indians. You know, you show up on a photo shoot and you got. You know, some photo shoots, even for a magazine, it's like I try to keep my team small just because I don't like that many people being around my stuff. I don't like people taking selfies or, um, you know, backstage photos and posting them because then it's like, what incentive are y'all giving people to actually buy the fucking magazine if you post everything? Correct. You know, so like, um, you know, but I in general, I, I pretty much keep the the lead on it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like in the end, you're seeing like my idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and and so. With, with us like with doing intergalactic soul and doing these continuous ongoing exhibitions, if one of us would have drop out of it, you would be able to tell. You know what I mean? Like even though artistically, I think when, when we do illustrations, we have a similar style. Like I, I can definitely, I think Marcus is the better, better illustrator. Excuse me, and I can definitely tell the difference between my work and his. Um, but it's people that come to the show, they can't tell who's whose. 
You know what I mean? But there's things that we both bring to the table. And I think if one of us were to drop out and let's say someone else were to come along, you would definitely be able to tell because the artistic vision and direction would change somewhat. Um, So it makes me curious, like, um, you know, because y'all are friends outside of, you know, outside of art. Um, And I know some people who do this, but would you the reason I'm asking this question, I'm about to ask it and I'll explain it. But yeah, I want to know. Would you be cool if your wife was also an artist, like in the same area? Um, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if she wasn't an artist before, but like once she started dating you, then it then she started to like get into it. And the reason I asked is because I was talking to one of my friends re- uh, recently um, who's a stylist. And mm-hmm. I won't say his name just because, you know, I'm trying to be yeah. nice. But, um, you know, his significant other just started, um, just picked up photography, you know, wasn't at all in the artistic field. Uh, picked up photography and mm-hmm. you know my friend I asked him like well do you like your your significant other's work and he's like eh and then I asked him like yeah but is it uh because it's really I don't know or it's okay or is it because you feel like that person is infringing on your creativity your outlet your passion you know what I'm saying yeah so I'm curious like could you do that? Like, mm. could you date somebody who's like your wife? If she said, if you came home next week and she was just like, hey, Jason, uh, I bought such and such art supplies because I want to start to get into it. Like, would you be more encouraging or would you just would you feel kind of like, damn, yo, like you you stepping on my toes a little bit? I, I would be encouraging because as a as a husband, I, f- I have to. Like that sounds bad, but it's like, yo, you supported me, so I should support you in your endeavors and what it is that you're attempting to do. But there will also be a part of me that wouldn't like it because like art is my thing. You know, that's the one thing amongst other things. That's one thing that I know that I can do and she not be a part of. So I can find my island and just go in my mode create you know do what I do without having my significant other come behind me and say oh you need to add some shade in there I would man I would piss me off yo you know and and that's what when I asked him he was like he didn't think about it and then he called me back the next day and was like yo I'm just now thinking about what you asked me and I think you might be right like but he he, he, it literally never crossed his mind before and I'm like Yeah. yeah dude like that's probably like messing with your you know what I'm saying yeah like yeah that's man cause I again I I don't know you know she she's my wife so I was supportive but honestly it was sort of bug me a bit because this is that again this is that thing where it's just like if I just want to be in my own space and do I can do it without like having anybody around in a sense, I know that sounds bad, but you need it. Like you know, what I'm saying you need your space. If I decide I want to go to an exhibition, I can go to an exhibition without having to think like, oh man, I have to bring my wife. You know, I have to bring. You know, I gotta wait for her. I can't go see it because she's gonna get upset, and because I know she read. No, my my wife does not care about art, man. Like I mean, sincerely, like she might see something that she likes, but she's not. Yeah, but it's not searching. her thing. Yeah, it's not her bag. So, and you know, I could I could do that. You know what I mean? I could go with Marcus or you or any of my friends and just go to an exhibition or whatever and, and not really not really care. But um I don't know. I, I how would you take it? Um 
I think the same. Like, yeah. But I think it's also because, again, I've always been around sports. So, like, part of me would take it as competition. Like, yo, this nigga really trying to, like, <laughs> trying one to up me. It, yo. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just ran a kick. I just ran a punt return back for 40 yards. I'm like, yo, this bitch trying to run a kickoff back for 98. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think it would kind of, like, again, I would support them because, like you said, like, it's relationship. But, yeah, part of me would feel slighted because it's like, yo, you weren't into this before and i'm wondering like what your real motive is like if it is it really just because i woke up something in you like i you know there was an awakening in you that said damn i really really do like this and or i'm waking up like a passion that you had before but you were afraid of or are you just doing it because you want to feel you know either you want to feel somewhat i don't want to say important but you know what i'm saying like are you doing it because you because you want to get like that same you know, recognition or are you doing it because you want to, because it, it it could be possibly that maybe that person, and that's what I told him. I'm like, maybe that person just wants to spend more time with you. And this is the way that they find that they could do it. Like, you know, yeah. talking to, talking to you about the photo shoots or talking to you about art projects or, you know what I'm saying? Maybe it's their way. It's like, it's the equivalent of girls watching football. Like yeah. I would I would never date a girl who really is into football. I would love to date a girl who's into the fact that I like football. Like, I don't yeah. want to date somebody who's asking me, like, you know what I'm saying, did the injury report come out for this game? And I'm like, I, don't, I ain't in all this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so, nah. I, and so and you, I can imagine, too, maybe maybe even she feels small um, considering the amount of attention that he's getting. And it's not a jealousy thing, but it, it may feel, like you said, I guess it may be part of that spending time thing where... Like, how big of a part am I in his life when yeah. he has all this attention and, you know, these demands and things like that coming on? I mean, and and, and again, I like used to I, be with somebody know. like I used to date somebody that was like that, where it was like, you know, I I would have to compartmentalize a lot of stuff. Where I really would just downplay life where they would ask me, um, oh, so what did you do today? Or, what you know, what are you doing tonight? And I would I would almost lie sometimes. like, Oh, you know, I'm just going to hang out with friends. And I would be going to, you know, the Louis Vuitton after party from for like during Fashion Week or something. But I, I just didn't want them to feel like small. You know what I'm saying? Or feel, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I've lived that before. Um, but I've never dated some like I've never dated someone who was like, all right, now I'm gonna take up photography. You know, the the yeah. most recent girl I was dating, like she's. She's just she's an artistic girl, so like she loved photography before she met me. You know what I mean? So sometimes yeah. she would she would look at my pictures and just be like, "Yo, this is really dope," or you know what I'm saying? She would sometimes say stuff like, um, "You know, why did you crop this picture that way or whatever?" Like that was all her always her big thing, like the crops. But that that never bothered me just because I knew she wasn't like she wasn't coming for me. That she knew that that was like my thing. But yeah. when when yeah. someone starts coming like infringing really onto your, I don't know how I would take that. Like I I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's it's weird. I mean, it, yeah. No, yeah, I could date. A, <laughs> I could date a photographer. Like if you know, if a girl is already into that, then yeah, I could date her. But yeah. somebody that just picks it up just because I'm in it, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like again, and even if 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 she's a fan of it, I'm okay with that. You know, if you're a fan of art, or like even if you're a connoisseur or a collector, you know, I could. Yeah, I could go for that. But uh, I, I don't know how I feel about you opening up my Illustrator and <laughs> taking my Wacom tablet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, know how I feel I, about that. 
Yeah, if I open up Photoshop and and go to open recent files and your shit up there, then I'm kind of I'm like, yo, hold on, yo, yeah, your workstation all changed, yo, hotkeys different, like yo, hold on, what's going on? Yo, I was thinking the other day, yo, how do you, how would someone clean a piranha tank? Yo, that's a, I don't know. Hey, real talk, I had a question too. This, this is going back to Lawrence Fishburne's daughter. Yo, do you shave? Do you shave? Do you shave your ass? I'm serious. I'm serious, y'all. I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, I'm serious. Yo. Nah, I do. Um, it depends, man. I do that shit every once in a while. But the problem, okay. man, is like once I do it, yo, my inner cheeks be mad itchy, man. Like I take yeah, the bus yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, every time yeah. I start walking, I gotta like I got a sliver and shit. Like I'm a snake when I walk. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you know gotta wear the right. You gotta wear the right type of drawers too, yo. Can't yeah. Have so if you do it, yo. so I, I learned this method, yo. This is crazy. But like I learned this method where it's basically like if you do it, then for the next three days you gotta like when you leave the crib, you gotta keep a baby white with you just to keep it between the cheeks. Damn. <laughs> Cause it keeps Damn. the itching away. <laughs> Yo, that's what you get when you listen to the Smart Kids podcast. You get gems hey, like that. So if you out there shaving your ass like me, get some baby wipes, y'all. <laughs> hey, yo. So I've seen. I've seen. Speaking of which, um, there's this new craze in. I can't remember. I, I don't know if it's America or not. But yo, did you know that people are motherfuckers are drinking cockroach milk now? Hold on, cockroaches put out milk. I guess. Like they, man. Uh, Hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, man. Hold on. First of all, first of all, all disrespect intended, yo. I already know who, who the people that's doing that. I know who they don't look like. Secondly, yo, where do you? How, yo? What is it hey, like? Bl- is it like you put cockroaches in like a blender or something? I don't know, man. All they say is scientists think that cockroach milk could be the next superfood. Okay. That's what's I'll up, y'all, bro. I'll leave y'all to it. The yep. niggas was my, they was my brothers growing up. I ain't gonna drink my brother. Yo, cool. bro, like, I'll, I'll just, you know what? I'll just take my coconut water or, I don't know, pomegranate, whatever. Like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm yeah, good, man. I'm good. Yeah, I got a, I got a, um, what was I gonna ask you? Oh, so I got some people asking me about the, um, you know, because Fashion Week just ended. So, yeah. For for people that so you basically you have you have New York Fashion Week you have the main ones you have the big boys you have May, uh, New York Milan so the progression it goes it starts in New York and then it goes to London and then it goes to Milan and then it go it ends in Paris mm-hmm. um, it's not the same clothes so each one is a different designer from like normally from that country I mean like here you'll have um, like Fendi did the couture show here or like off and on you'll have like other you know, brands come here and show up, but in general, it's the designer from that, like based in that country. And um, so you'll have the fall winter shows that will be shown in spring. So like March, Mar- around March. And then you have, you know, the spring summer shows that'll be shown like in September, October. But then you also have the cruise collection, which is a small one. It's not all brands that do that one. And then you have the couture shows, which not all brands do that one. Um, and then you have the pre- it's like the pre-collection or something, which is so all of that is basically contributing to when you start to see this this mill of designers that are like getting burnt out and going somewhere else because like they literally never have a break. Like as soon as they finish a collection, they got to start a new one and start a new one and start a new one. Yeah. And um, 
But I had somebody asking me because the Couture shows just ended two days ago uh, in Paris. And someone was asking me not even about those shows, but about the men's shows, which were, I think, like a week and a half before Mm -hmm. what I thought about the new uh, Louis Vuitton collection for men. So this is for those that don't know, this is the first collection for uh, Virgil Abloh, who is also head of Off-White, you know, who runs with Kanye is, you know, who was his guy, whatever. We talked about him on uh, a few episodes ago. Yeah. Um, And this was his first show. Man, it was real emotional. Like at the end of the show, he... um, you know, he he just walked down the runway, cried and hugged Kanye and they shared a moment where they cried together and all that kind of stuff. Real soft, but you know, whatever. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when um when I looked at the collection, it was like, yo, apart from like one pair of shoes, yeah, I ain't rocking none of this shit, yo. Like that yeah. shit look mad zesty. And it was just like <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, I'm only yeah. I'm only answering it because like everybody else is going to praise it. Like, most of y'all wouldn't talk shit if you had a mouthful of. It. I don't mind saying that. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't mind saying that. Like, I don't fuck with this collection. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. it ain't it ain't for me. Yeah, um, I agree. And yeah, like I think I sent you a pair of the shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that yeah, the shoes are dope. Which I sort of expected just because of his work with you know Nike. I think. I think if you can put a twist on the retro one and make it dope, you you know to a timeless shoe. I think you you did something, but yeah. looking at the clothes, I, man, dressing all these, everybody's dressing like mad zesty, man. Like and, and shouts to you, salute to you if that's what you do. But I think there's a right now there's basically there's a trend in fashion for um, for unisex clothing and for uh, what is it called genderless fashion where a lot yeah. of these designers are trying to go for that especially on the men's side where if you look at the men's fashion shows they're basically trying to make all of these dudes um they dress them and they'll either put them just flat out in dresses or they'll dress them really really feminine and i just sometimes i'm like i feel like the old guy for longing for a men's collection that looks like menswear that looks like a masculine men's wear you know collection yeah and i i don't know what i don't know where that stems from and i, I really don't know what the what the aim is for that either Paris. like you said you know if if it's Paris, like the, the the men a lot a lot uh traditionally a lot less masculine than say like american men okay so and a lot of the okay. i mean it's true that a lot of the heads of you know a lot of these fashion houses if they're men whether it's fashion houses, whether it's um, you know magazines, a lot of that stuff. A lot of the men typically are gay. Are so, gay men, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing. Like you know, I'll, I'll see. And that's why it's a change for Virgil. Sorry to cut you off because he's not. I don't think he is. So okay. it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a. I mean, yo, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I didn't really think about that because I, I mean. Yeah, I, I, if you didn't know, you would sort of assume. But yeah, you you know you come across a lot of. Uh, gay men in that industry but even still there's 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 been collection and maybe, and maybe not like you know i, I don't necessarily see the runway because I, I again like I, I only look at the industry from a from a consumer standpoint but yeah uh, there's still things that i would see that was sort of like like yo that's dope i will rock that and but like you said lately it's kind of been 
All right, like you know, artistically, I can appreciate it. Be like, wow, you know, this is, you know, this but is. That's it. You know what I mean? Like the even like Virgil's show, like the runway, and I saw the the making of the runway, like the with the rainbow gradient and that yeah. and the whole like setup. I was like, wow, yo, the arrangement is is dope. The scenery is dope. Like that's that's what's up. But I, but I even think the now clothes, that, like the now that we're talking like, about uh, it, yeah. Well, I think now that we're talking about it, and now that I think about it. I wonder if they do that simply because not only this this genderless trend that's going on, but also because look at a red look at a typical red carpet, whether it's the Grammys, the Emmys, the ESPYs, you know any of this kind of stuff. When you look at the girls, they always have on this fly shit, and what does the man wear? A black tuxedo, white shirt, black yeah. tie. And I think they're doing this simply because there's only they a lot of them probably feel like there's only so many ways you can dress a man in a masculine way. So now they're just kind of mm-hmm. like. You know what I'm saying? Like playing around with it and trying to take it further. But I feel like in doing that, they're almost alienating the masculine man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you're yeah. not making you're not making clothes for him. You're making everything for, you know, the dude who's as thin as my pinky, who's, you know, who's super young, who's who doesn't dress like like a classic, you know, a classic man in a in a nice yeah. suit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I and and just for clarification, like when when we speak on masculinity, I'm not talking about, you know, a guy that shaves his face with a rock, you know, eats beef jerky and, you know, that's, <laughs> that's like this, this homophobic and it's like, it's none of that. Like, like me as a man, like there's stuff that my, my wife wears that is for her. You know what I mean? That like my, yeah. my, my physical makeup can't fit that, you know, especially as a black dude. Cause we generally, you know, I got, I got to ask, yo. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Yo, Kahende Wiley said Tom Ford don't make uh, jeans for black men's asses, yo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's more along the lines of like, yo, I'm, I'm a man. You know what I mean? I, and I'm a man. I'm a straight male. So my, I want my appearance to reflect that, and that has nothing to do. Now I'm not expecting for them to box themselves in as artists because they are artists and they have free range. And by all means, do not adhere with you mate according to what I want, unless you're trying to sell it to me. You know what I mean? And because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. And, and and again, like I mean, to their to their defense, I think we talked about this yesterday. You know, I see like Y three. I love Y three. I love Y three stuff. And I I was like, yo, if if I could just wear like you know a pair of Y3s, some jeans, and a, and a shirt, I would be straight. But if you were to ask my wife with that, she wants to wear dresses, she wants to wear all these different, she wants to wear pumps, then she wants to wear flats, she wants to wear all these different things. So I do understand where, I guess it can kind of seem sort of monotonous, like how many times can you really freak a tuxedo to the point yeah, where yeah. you're just making a tuxedo, you know? And... um yeah, yeah, I, but I yeah. just I feel like it's I almost feel like it's I don't know, man. I like I, part of me feels like it's it's laziness because like yeah. find a way to dress a man in a masculine way, like find a find a new and create a way to dress a man in a masculine way, not just put him in dresses like Rick Owens does or put him in dresses like you know this designer that designer does because that's like yeah, I'm never th- to me dress, that's yeah. to me that's just as lazy literally as Kanye West. Yeah, and I guess that's a decent I'm never, segue. I'm never but wearing a dress, yo. I'm never wearing a yeah, dress, man. Like, like it's just you know, I'm 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 not wearing a dress. I don't care what fashion, where nah, fashion goes. Yeah, you know what it's I mean. I I'll be there, wearing what's that faded glory that that shit that Walmart sell. I'll be wearing that before I wear a dress. <laughs> it's not because it's just not. 
it's not one. I'm gonna wear what I feel comfortable in, and two, I'm gonna wear yeah. what I feel it's like. Masculine. Yeah, it's for like a mac. It, it 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 pertains to like me or my character or however you know what I mean. Like I wouldn't expect. You know, like I wouldn't expect if they were doing, you know, if it was the opposite and they were trying to dress women in like, you know, masculine clothing, I could understand a woman being like, yo, I'm not comfortable in this. Like, I just, yeah, and that's not, not really what I want. And people got to stop this, and people got to stop this whole rhetoric of just because you say that you're a phobic. No, because no. Y'all, y'all are idiots. Like, phobia no. by definition means fear or hatred. I, I don't no. hate nobody. I just, I just want to rock shit that's, that's made. That's, yeah. Like, you made know, for like, a man. Yeah, like, yo, it's some guys that's like, yo, they'll they'll carry like a purse, like a little satchel purse. I'm like, nah, you know, that's not me. You know what I'm saying? That's just not... A little too too zesty for me. It's like, and and you can probably pull it off, but I can't. You know what I mean? It's just not, like, nah, I'm not... I'm not comfortable rocking that. You can blame it on whatever you want to blame it on, but by yeah. all means, my you know what I'm saying. So I, I, don't, I don't know. Like you know, I'm, the, I don't, I'm not a Nazi, so I don't wear a swastika. You know what I'm saying? Like the reason I, um, I know that's an extreme comparison, but it's just sort of yeah. along the lines of like, you know, if you if you're a part if if you feel comfortable wearing something or not comfortable wearing something, then like that should be that should decipher your choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and the reason I the reason I said uh, unoriginal as as Kanye West, uh, I guess a decent segue is like he just released all of these albums for everybody on Good Music. Yeah. Um. So Kanye follow, and we're not a music podcast, but music is art, so we're just gonna touch on it real quick. Yeah. Um. So he put out all these albums. You know, basically he he kind of reappeared from nowhere. Um. And said that he was gonna release such and such and such and such albums over the span of a couple of weeks. So it went from. The first album was Push, uh, Pusha T. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Pusha T. Every time I hear that album, because he's from, um, like, they legit used to, like, he's from my auntie's neighborhood. Uh, shout out to Bridal Creek. Um, every time I hear that album, I feel proud. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, bro. But, um, so they went from his album to Kanye West the next week. And then from that one to the Kid C Ghost album, which is a collaborative album between Kanye and Kid Cudi. And then from there, they went to the Nas album. And then they ended it out with uh, Tiana Taylor. So every each album is, except for Tiana's, um, they follow basically a seven song, um, you know, a seven For, song format. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tiana's is eight, uh, which I wish it would have been seven because that last song is horrible. But um, but every um, you know, so every <laughs> album is seven songs, which to me ain't nothing but an EP or an extended play. Yeah, um, and. Each one of them is like less than 30 minutes. So I can't really call it an album. I'll just say like this piece of work. Yeah. Um, but you know, the they only change one- the standards now. It's like, I think it only has to be over like 20 minutes or 24 minutes or something. Yeah. That's the new, that's and, the new rules. And I think, so the reason, okay, Pusha's album, I think is dope. I like Pusha, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just he's home team, so I'm yeah. already biased, but also he just makes he's a he's a great lyricist. He always makes dope music. I think it's a classic um, album. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's a classic, man. Production wise, everything. The games Kanye's, we play. Yeah, God. Kanye's album is to me, I only found one good song on it, which was Ghost Town. Uh which that joint where he was like, uh, I put my hand on the stove. To see if I still bleed, which by the way, your yeah. hand don't bleed when it touches the soul, so, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. Um, we get what you're saying. Though. We get we yeah. get you, Kanye. We understand for the, for yeah. once, we understand what you're trying to say. For yeah, <laughs> but um, Tiana's album was dope. Um, you know, saying that Kid C goes. I, I've never been a fan of Kid Cudi, so that never. just went over my head. The Nas album. I don't do enough um, drugs. 
Yeah, and the yeah. Nas album, you could kind of, you could feel that, like, you could, I like it, half of it, but you could kind of feel like Nas didn't originally rap on those beats that's on the album. Like Kanye just went back and remade it, like a bunch of shit on people's albums and then just threw it out. But yeah. the reason I say I call him unoriginal is because look at his career. Every song is from a sample. And so when people call him a genius, it's like, is laziness the new genius? Because, I mean, yeah, the songs sound dope, but it's a thousand people on every song and there's a sample on everything. It's almost like he's he's music's Andy Warhol. Does that make yeah. sense? That, and I, so, and I, I think that is a perfect comparison. Even I, I, and I, when I say personality wise, I'm not aiming to disrespect Andy Warhol because I think Andy Warhol was uh, Andy Warhol was a lot more calculated and poised than Kanye was. But I say personality wise, where he also he wants he wants himself to be as big as his art. You know what I mean? Not the other way around. He doesn't want his art to exceed who he is. Or I mean, I guess that's the right word. Um, mm. You know, he doesn't want his art to be larger than himself. You know, yeah. I mean? he wants to be just as large as his artwork, as his like music and production and things like that. But go ahead, my bad. Yeah, no, that just um, so anyway. I just just to touch on the album, man. Like they said, T like Tiana came out and said that um, because her last album came out years ago, and she's the one who like, everyone else is already known. Pusha's gonna sell records, you know. Nas gonna sell records. Kanye gonna sell records. Tiana, this was kind of like her project. I feel like yeah. Um, and so to only give her like what twenty something minutes is kind of disrespectful. I feel like so she went on the radio and she said that like she's going to release a full album like based on music that's you know what I'm saying like that she wanted to release originally so you could tell there's kind of like some friction there um, yeah. but all of that just to say man what did like, we just talk about people you work with yeah <laughs> like I think I think she's she worked with him because of okay he's a great producer yeah. but then also because he has the name the problem with that is with that name comes the rest of the circus that is Kanye West aka changing your album uh, you know, literally an hour before it drops, and then you know, and then when it drops, you haven't even like you don't even know what's on your own album, which is yeah. crazy. I think too. I think it was also a thing where, and I I don't know what, you know, I don't know what she's trying to do with career, or where she's trying to go with it. But Kanye being a part of, you know, the fashion industry, whether you like his clothes or not, um, he's a part of that industry. And I know Tiana Taylor is sort of a is fashionista is that is was that what you would you know what i mean like she's very she's, um, oh her yeah yeah yeah, yeah well, you know they what I mean? say people say uh people say fashionista when it's a girl fashionista when it's a guy some shit okay. like that yeah yeah so so you know you you may feel okay you know me working with him open up a lane for me i, I don't know you know i'm just kind of thinking because because you got to have some sort of you don't you don't work with kanye just to say just to work with Kanye, I imagine. At this point, yeah. it'd be different if we're talking about back in the college dropout, late registration, even graduation, my dark twisted fantasy type days. But since then, like he's not the he's not the person that people, you know, he's not the person that he was, nor should he be, because he's older. But I think Yeah. Yeah. When what's the last time somebody had a hit because Kanye produced it? You know, maybe E.T., Katy Perry. She's going to have a hit regardless. You know what I'm saying? She can she can send over, she can sing over like fart sounds and it'll still 
go platinum. But yeah, yesterday, so I was at yeah. the uh, what is that shit called? At the the K fifty four tournament. Yeah, the Jordan the, joint. The, the Jordan yeah. joint. Yeah, and um, so I was at that, but um, who was it? Young Thug performed, which by the way. Worst performer I've ever seen in my life. Like, I would rather get a prostate exam than go see him perform again. Um, Wait, was he wearing a dress? <laughs> he was wearing, like, a cape. Like, a. it was almost like this big uh, blue and white uh, Versace cape or whatever. Okay. Like some James Brown type yeah. shit? Man, nigga. No, nah, I mean, I, I, asked, um, I, I mean, and I asked what you were addressed sincerely because... He's known to do that, and I does. feel like yo, if it's if it's any place where you would try to flex your fashion explore, uh, exploratory muscle is in Paris. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. we cool, we cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So, what are we talking about? The young thug, young thuggery. Young Before Thugs, him, Young performance. Uh, oh, no, that shit was that shit was horrible. I've never seen yeah. a lazier performance in my life, like yeah. ever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, um, I, I have I have no desires to see Young Thug perform. Ever. Oh, that's what I that's what I wanted to ask you, yo. Um, do you find first off, let me ask you, yo, you ever seen your wife nudes? Like new pictures? Yeah. Oh, do I send them or she sends me? Well, neither. Nah. Neither. No, nah, neither. You'll never just you'll never just send, you know, take a picture of your meat and send it like ah look attachment one. <laughs> you'll never do that shit. Attachment. Nah, nah, man. Like she'll 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 walk in the bathroom and I'll be like, don't look at my dick. I'll yell that. <laughs> like, <yo>. Nah. <laughs> but nah. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't, nah, nah, man. Nah, yo. <laughs> we whack nah, born married people, yo. <laughs> shit. Nah, nah. When I did have a girl, them joints. Yo, Sport. them shits like, was yo, all straight. You better, get, you better get the the iPhone with the extra gigs. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. She used to she used to get them joints once a week. Like, what's happening? What happened? <laughs> what you doing? What you yeah. doing? Nah, wife, I wanted. To... I, I sent her a new. I'm gonna have to use the panoramic joint. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you stupid. Yo, so I wanted to ask you. Um, um, oh, do you find? And the reason I'm going to ask oh, this man. question, so people that know me, yeah. um, so I was working for um, I was working for a French photography company or whatever, and they just let go of 70% of their employees, maybe a little bit more. And so I was in that 70% and um, couldn't have been happier. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't have been happier because I've been there for like five and a half years and like they give me freedom to where when I have photo shoots, I can go. When I want to travel, I can go. You know, I'm in France. So I got like two and a half months paid vacation or whatever. Uh, so it was cool, but it was just I felt like it was time to turn that page or whatever. Yeah. Um, And so at a certain point, man, it was just like after I left the job, because I only I think what is it today marks a month that I stopped working and um like in an office. And I remember the first week and a half, I would just wake up and be like, y'all really don't have to do anything today. And yeah. that's like, that's a that's a totally new feeling for me. And it got me to thinking like, is there comfort in employment? Like so much comfort that you, that artists aren't able to survive in it? Because Absolutely. I feel like art, art is like, it's more driven by hunger. And I feel like safe money can harm creativity. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Complacent. Like, I feel you, like you become complacent because you feel, I, I don't know, you, you feel like, like you have something promised to you and then it makes dude, the effort yeah, of like, having to look for a check 
it makes it seem like why would I do that? You know, <laughs> like dude, you I'm know? not gonna lie to you. Like since I've like I do so much shit now, man. Well, I mean, I was before. Yeah. But now, now that I'm I'm not in an office, I be asking myself like, yo, how was I doing all of this at the same time as going to an office nine to five every day? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Like I really do a lot of shit. Like I said, I have my own photography. I have the retouching that I do for that. I have the planning that I do for that. All the travel that I'm doing. Like just these next couple of weeks. Like I said, I fly to New York. Uh, I think Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. I get back here on the 17th, and I go to London for a week, and then I come back, and then I go to um, Positano, Italy, for a little bit, and I come back here, um, and then I'm flying, uh, and I got a friend coming, and we're going to Amsterdam. Get back from there, going to the south of France for a couple days. Come back on the, like mid-August, I'm flying to LA for like six days, going straight from LA to Brazil to shoot. Be there for eight days. Go straight from Brazil back to LA, shooting there and doing some video stuff there. Fly straight from LA to Paris at the beginning of September and then going with uh with my boy Andrew. Shout out to Andrew Schultz, comedian. Um, you know, helping him do his uh his European comedy tour. Uh okay, filming that. Assist one? Yeah, so we're okay. doing um we're gonna try to put together something kinda uh, you know, something something kinda cool around his uh around his tour. But it's just like I feel like my creativity and my hunger has gone up tenfold in the past you know, three weeks just because I'm not in an office every day. Like my brain works more. I used to go to sleep every night at nine and wake up at, you know, four in the morning. Now I still wake up at four. Only I go to sleep at, you know, midnight one because I'm, I'm working on creative stuff. And I feel like people that are in an office, that shit is almost like a it's like, I don't know, man. It's like it, it, it almost creates a glass ceiling on your creativity. You know what I'm saying? It can. Absolutely, I, I agree. I mean, it's because again, one pressure makes diamonds. You know what I mean? Like you know, <laughs> when you're check, whether you're gonna eat or not, or whether you're gonna be able to pay rent or not, when you when you know it depends on what you put in that day. And I mean, like absolutely relies on what you put in that day. Because I can have a shitty day at work and still get a check. You know, you got yeah. if you. But if you're on that freelance, if you by yourself, a shitty day can can break you essentially um, but I do understand like with my job I have the luxury of bouncing in and out of the office or working from home I do programming so it's if I have a laptop I can do my job and for the most part I got like my team or employer if you want to say for that much they're not they're like, like oh you have to be in the office now it's, it's never that but um, but man looking at you know, when I was working for when I was working uh, for Wells Fargo, mm. there was no way in the world. I mean, that's yeah, there was no way in the world that I could even create any of the stuff that I've been creating uh, working at Wells Fargo just because it was too stifling of a of a work environment. And by the time I leave, I'm so exhausted from just the sheer frustration of the day. I can't create anything. I'm just my mind is clouded. I know people will be like, oh man, well, you know, when you were in your lows, that's when you create your your best stuff and you, know, you use that anger. Like, yeah, sh- shut that shit up, yo. Like, yo, <laughs> you, yo, you know what I'm saying? Yo, if you stressed out and you bugging, this it's hard to go in and create something dope. 
you know, it's hard to have a clear head, especially if you're trying to create something with a with sort of a message attached to it. It's it's not always easy, especially yeah. when you got like a shitty job. But man, like I I don't know, you know, I look I look forward to the day where you know I'm a full time artist and I can wake up and my one job is to simply create. You know, like by all means, I, I'm being a programmer is fun. I I enjoy it, and I would do whether I would do it whether I was employed by my my current employee, whether I was with them or not. I was still programmed because I just I just enjoy doing it. But I will also find ways more and more ways to incorporate that in the artwork. Speaking of such, too, I am doing an all minute reality uh, mural. But, but you know, but but I but I definitely see what you're saying. I can definitely see where, you know, either either it's the stress of your work environment, like being stuck in a cubicle or whatever it is all day, or it could just simply be, you just get lazy, you get complacent because you got a check yeah. coming, so the pressure's not really there. You don't really feel like you have a shot clock on, you know, yeah, having to be down. some. Yo, I would turn down. No, I would just. I would turn down so much stuff like yeah. when I was working in my office. You know, creative projects because I'm just like, eh, it doesn't really fit me, or you know, I don't, I'm I'm a little bit too exhausted today. I don't feel like it. And like I could even even when I would say no, I was just be like, yo, you wilding right now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> so now that I'm now that I'm, it's like it's on me. It's like yo, it's such a crazy feeling. You know what I mean? Like I, I get up yeah. every morning. You know, four thirty. Uh, meditate, pray a little bit, read the Bible, and then like I'm off to the races. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And when I was when I was working, it's like I remember periods where it's like I couldn't even think about photography. I couldn't think about art. I couldn't think about creating anything. Yeah. Just because like that stuff, you know, because you it's not just going to the office. You got the work to do. You got the stress that comes with the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? And now it's just like, all right, man, this is this is it. And like I'm I'm cool on that. Yeah, I, one of the reasons why I can't wait is uh, is you know why when you have a when you have a nine to five, and again I want to stress you know nothing's wrong with having a job. I enjoy my I'm one of the people that enjoy my job. I have no desires to have a tech company, no desires whatsoever. But I love doing what I do. However, when a, a huge amount of your day is is allocated to working for your employer when you get off i mean you know you got other stuff that you want to do you know you got stuff that you have to do you got to do laundry you got to pay bills you know if if you care about your health you got to work out um you got all these things that you have yeah. to do and you a lot have of y'all, to fit that in a compressed amount of time a lot of y'all gotta start working out man i'd be on instagram take man. care of yourself yeah man some of y'all be looking, yourself, yeah. some of y'all be looking bad, man. I seen somebody, man. Some of y'all starting to look like y'all still socks from Target and shit. Like y'all looking bad. <laughs> talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like hit like, that gym, eat right. Some of them look like they giving up. You know what I mean? It ain't yeah. about being skinny. It's about being healthy. You know what yeah. I mean? And yo, like take your ass to the gym. Like take care yeah, of yourself. Man. You are your greatest investment. But yo, I, but, I seen a dude getting jumped last night when I was yeah. uh, I was taking the bus home from this uh, from this Jordan event. And uh, <laughs> yo, that nigga, nigga getting jumped in Paris is funny to me. I don't know why. Hey yo, yo I just I imagine, sw- I just imagine like some clean dressed niggas beating the shit. Hey yo, <laughs> with scars I was, and I was and, just like easy boost. Now I ain't gonna lie, though, like he eventually, like he eventually got up after they pounded him out. <laughs> yeah. And like he, you know what I'm saying, like, and then eventually he got up and like ran or whatever. And um, I was talking to somebody about it, man. It was like, it was like, you ain't help. I'm like. Help. Help, nigga. 
I'm like, hey man, I was always taught there's two things in this world that don't last. Dogs that chase cars and niggas that don't mind their goddamn business. So I t- took my ass right home and just said a prayer for him. Like, I hope he, I hope he, I hope all right. he good. I hope yeah. he good. I hope but yeah, he they good. was like, they they pounded him out. Man, it was like four of them. And then it looked like one of them, like, dude ran off and like they took his bike or whatever. I'm like, damn, and you took his wheels. You know what I'm saying? Debo, yo. Yeah. <laughs> my um, bike pump. Yo, do you, uh, do you miss high school? And the reason I asked you that is because I'm curious of like, what period of life you think influenced your art the most? Mm. I I don't. <laughs> as far as artists, I don't. Hey, well, sports, or just the feeling. I, mean, I had a I had a shorter sports career than you. You played in college. I didn't play in college, but the the sports had the the greatest influence. I would say, you know, even though it wasn't art per se, but it did give me that creative uh, callus uh, that I need. Excuse me, that 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 callous on my sensitivity on my feelings and on like my approach to things and competitiveness I you know I have that callous now where I can take a L and it's not the end of the world to me so I, I could definitely say that was a huge influence overall in my life period but last I, night I, I took an L and the day I bounced back bounce is that, is that how know. that shit go yeah yeah the yeah. Uh, Big Sean joint yeah yeah and um, uh but he supposed to put out a seven album joint I'm cool him and Shot of Prince, you know? No, I'm cool. Saha album already yeah. good, man. Don't mess it up with Kanye. I'm Saha. Cool. Saha, um, man. He gonna mess it up with them tweets, man. Trying to yeah. say, take up for Kanye, yo. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, for the people that know this podcast, uh, we like to get to a section that's called... Get out! Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! What fucking warming up? Get out of here! The section is called Fuck Out of Here. So... If you don't understand, like if you're new to the podcast, you don't know how this works. Um, basically, fuck out of here is our segment where one of us says what we don't like or understand uh, about something in art. And the other person shoots them a little bit of bail like that artist that they're talking about or that, uh, you know, that phenomenon or whatever it may be. So basically, we're essentially speaking up for something that we like. And in the process, we get to teach you guys as well as teach the other hosts, you know, that may not have a background or knowledge in that area. So. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And if we don't, if both of us don't like it, then we just gonna say we don't like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So for me, my fuck out of here for the week is the Mona Lisa. Mm. And it's not that I hate the Mona Lisa. I just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I look at it, I just see a white girl with no lips. And I'm wondering, yeah. like, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> yo, yeah. she got, she got, she got fish lips, and I'm just wondering, oh. like, it's like I wonder what she's looking at, but I also wonder why, because um, when you go to the Louvre Museum, it's in there with like the Last Supper, like it's yeah, in this, yeah. in this huge room by itself, and there's like just hundreds of people fighting to get to the front. So like you never, you almost never get to the front of that yeah. room just to see it behind a piece of glass. I personally. I'm almost like sold that that's not the real Mona Lisa. Just like a lot of the art in the Louvre, I don't think is the actual art. The art, yeah. But, um, I, and it's very underwhelming. Like the Mona Lisa is very small. I, for some reason, I had always imagined it being like. Yeah, this, you saw it when you was yeah, out there, right? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, the dudes were standing next to it with the uh, Famas, the assault rifles. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, you gonna a nigga's willing to get shot over this, this shit. Like, yeah. So explain you know I mean? it to me, man. Like, what's like as far as the art side of it? Why is this like the most, you know, prestigious piece of art in history? And like, I just I don't get it. Yeah. Like, well, 
before before I ask it, you think Deuce was trying to smash Mona back then? You thought like you think she was like the baddie of the neighborhood, you know? They're like, yo, I gotta. I don't know. She ain't got no. She ain't got no lips, man. So that skull yeah. candy was so fire. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> It's like she can't kiss, she can't dome, like yeah. I mean, what? It's like what is? What can't you, what whistle? You, yeah, like what you here for? You know what I'm saying? Plus, like she just kind of, I don't know. Nah, she look, she looked kind of funny to me. So I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I, wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have dated her. I don't think. Yeah. Um. What I, what I smash? Nah. I, I had to nah. see her. In, I had to see her in some jeans or no? Nah, what they they wore cloaks back then? I had to see what yeah, her. Yeah. What, I had to see what her cloak was rocking with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> So like, <clears throat> so the Mona Lisa—it's hard to defend, man. But I mean, one Leonardo da Vinci, anything that has his name on it, anything that he has been a part of, he has touched, is essentially worth millions on top of millions on top of millions of dollars because he is one of the uh, quote unquote masters. Um, but and then like it was what back in. I'm gonna say like back in the '60s, it was worth a hundred million. Today, it's worth something like eight hundred million dollars. No, I mean it's it's an insane amount of money. It's close to a billion dollars for for this this painting. <laughs> like, yo, <Yeah. laughs> and uh, I don't, you know, and it just kind of has that aura, that popularity around it. But the the real reason why, because it's not even Leonardo's best work. You know what I mean? Like. It was never his best work or his best piece. And yeah. it was never even considered that. The popularity came from it is because it was stolen. It was stolen out the Louvre before. And it was gone for about, I want to say, and I know some one of our audience members is probably going to correct me, but I want to say it was gone for about two weeks or so, but it was missing. And, and it was this, you know, everyone's looking for it. It was on the news. It was being talked about. And eventually, of course, they, they got it back. They supposedly they got it back and that's the real one. But they got it back and put it back up. But that moment where it was it was taken and was missing and it was like broadcast, they were it really, really, really generated buzz for that piece. And that's what that's what create that such huge popularity around it. And it, it's honestly you know, it's arguable that it's not even necessarily a finished piece. Cause it, the I wanna say over a span, that piece is was worked on over a span of would some would say 10 years like they said like they, they one had mentioned that it was like 1503 to like 1507 and then there's people that say like no it wasn't done until like somewhere in the later teens uh but again like it's not his best work it's it's not his best work like if you look at some of his other stuff if you look at some of his sketches and inventions you would be like holy shit yo the mona lisa is like the mona lisa is like a color in the dots painting in comparison to some of the stuff that he's created so yeah i i, I can't defend it you know what i mean i the, its popularity just is generated because it was part of this heist it was part of this art heist and it was missing and it just kind of had this aura to it ever since mm. because again it is it is hugely underwhelming you know what i mean but that, i'm not taking anything away from the execution and all that other technical stuff for art because we all know like Leonardo da vinci was really good at what he did it's just that that piece in particular is yeah, that piece in particular is nothing in comparison to some of his other work or some of the work in the Louvre period. Well, you know because I, mean? like, just- <laughs> I always see like, um, you know, I always when I hear people debate it and they talk about like the view that they look at or like the horizon or whatever direction she's looking in or like I just I never 
I could never grasp it to see like a justification for for yeah. that particular piece being so because like my favorite um like for example my me personally my favorite piece of art my two pa- favorite pieces of art are one is the uh psych revived by a kiss uh which is a sculpture in the louvre museum uh by antonio canova who's a italian sculptor and then the other one is the uh raft of medusa um, yeah, so, the rap Medusa is dope. Yeah, yeah. So like Google those; those are pretty dope. But I can understand why those are. Like, I just I think they're dope. But when I look at the Mona Lisa, I've just never been able to grasp, like the not only the price but also the the hype around it. Because when I look at it, it's just she ain't got no lips, b. Yeah, and 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 just kind of backing up your point. You know, I I came to the Louvre when I was in in Paris visiting you. If you look up at the ceiling of the Louvre, you will find much more interesting artwork than a Mona Lisa. Like, just yeah. look at the ceiling. You don't even have to look at. You don't have to look at what's on the walls, what's on the ground level. If you look up at the ceiling, look at the trimmings and, and such, and that is way more breathtaking than a picture of this. Like, she not she a got, dime, yo. She a, she got, she a six. She got looks like, like Julia Roberts. She a five, yeah, 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 very much so, yo. Can't whistle, you know what I'm saying? Every time she talks, she probably sp- like spit come out of her mouth, whatever, like that. But yeah, but um, and I just fact checked. So that that theft, the theft of the Mona Lisa, that was 1911. Gotcha. Ni- in 1911, yo. So that kind of created that whole whatever. Yeah. So um, anyways, so my get the fuck out of here. All right, so again, we just finished talking about fashion. We were talking about Virgil and whatnot, and um, Virgil is also doing another exhibition with Takashi Murakami that looks mad dope, yo. Mm-hmm. But um, so whenever there's Fashion Week around, you know, you go to the hype beast, the high snobby sites, and stuff like that. The one thing that you see more than the actual uh, that the actual fashion houses than the actual shows are people. Outside of those shows, trying to have pictures taken of them, and the one, I, again, I don't want to put a damp on anybody's artistic expression or creativity, but please explain the, I guess the ideal, the aim, or the goal of some of these people dressing like fucking idiots, hoping to get a snap. Like I don't, I'm like yo, it's it. it <laughs> It's like a dude to have on. I saw one dude that had two button ups with a tie, a vest, and then a denim jacket on. And I'm like, cuz, bro, you are musty as shit under those things. Like, why? Why is any of that even like, you know what I mean? It's it's impractical. Nigga, smell like a a soap from Mr. Jim's. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) So, all right. So, So, basically, so this is the thing. All the smell like popcorn, Mike and Ike's, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Saute, onion ass face. Uh, so all it boils down to, man, is our world's obsession with uh, being seen and narcissism. That's all it is. Like, okay. So basically, now you have. So I was about to speak French and say à l'époque, but so back in the day, you had. Um, you know, you had before you had the Internet and stuff like that, you have only the magazines, you know, that would come out once a month or the weeklies, you know, that would come out once a week and all that kind of stuff. And they would show yeah. like they, they would do like the recap of Fashion Week. Right. 
And when they did that, of course, magazines are the space is limited. So you would have only the top people like the the top fashion editors of, you know, say Vogue Paris or, you know, Harper's Bazaar, Italy. I don't even know if that exists, but you know what I'm saying? Like the top magazines, um, they would be up there and they would kind of it would show like (laughs) them on their way to to the fashion shows, because before, uh, you know, fashion shows were like dumb exclusive you know what i'm saying like nobody could get in unless you were actually wait for it in fashion you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) and so what's happened was what's happened now is with the evolution and the technology and everything um not only do you have you know the monthly publications now but then you also have the stuff that hits the ground running faster which is the Instagrams, the those same magazines that have their own Instagram as well as their websites and all this, and, you know, and then you have all these other fashion websites for fashionistas and all this kind of shit. So, mm-hmm. so what it's done basically is it's transformed from only the editors and stuff to now it's also any weirdo or anybody that's dressed either nice, super nice or super crazy, and they do it because they simply want to have their picture taken and be on these websites because that's their that's their 15 minutes of fame. So you look at, uh, um, because honestly, when you go to a lot of these fashion shows, and this is always the funniest thing to me, right? So say you go to the Chanel show, which they always do theirs at the Grand Palace in uh, Paris, right? This the, it's the huge building next to the Champs-Élysées that has like the all glass ceiling or whatever. And uh, when you get there, Right. So you have the front entrance where you have so the models and the photographers and stuff going inside entrance and the front entrance. That's where you have like the people that have an actual invitation. They come in. So that's usually the buyers, like the fashion buyers, um, you know, the people that work for the company or the mag- the top magazine editors and that kind of stuff. 2018, that's transformed also to influencers, bloggers and all this other shit on top of the magazine people and the fashion people that actually matter. Um, hmm. So what's happened is now. You have because people know that there's more cameras today and there's also more, um, you know, just more chance of pictures being taken. That's also mm-hmm. why you see when you go when you come to Paris and or New York or Milan or uh, London, wherever you see. That's why you see, first off, all these people with cameras around because they know that they're just they just they buy all this camera equipment because they're waiting for that one picture that they could take to be fi- to be featured on Vogue magazine's website. Right. Ah, uh, OK. And it's the same for these weirdos that wear all of this stuff. Now, sometimes they're just, you know, it may be uh, a fashion blogger or an influencer who says who has, say, you know, half a million followers on Instagram. Well, of course, people are going to want to take their pictures because normally people that have that many followers, you know, they're sponsored by a lot of brands, um, you know, so they're kind of like a a brand ambassador. And so, of course, it, it makes sense for them to have their pictures taken. Yeah. But, you, but now what happens is you have all these weirdos who literally don't have, and this is this trips me out. The majority of them are just there. They can't even get in the fashion show because they don't have an invitation, right? Where, so, where? so imagine going like they, yo, know, they legit go and they'll spend you know seven, eight hundred on these new uh, uh, Balenciaga uh, like Type S or whatever or Type F. I can't remember uh, sneakers. Plus, they'll go and buy, you know what I'm saying, a guy will go, and go to, say, like, Acne Studios and spend 300 on some pants and then get a coat that costs, you know, 1500 and then get the hat and then get the sunglasses from, say, uh, Loewe that costs four or 500 And they spent all of this money, but they, so they basically went in debt just to have their picture taken in front of a show that they can't even get into. 
Man. And I thought I thought it was like because I always imagine it was for like maybe like re- recruiting per- recruiting purposes. Like, oh, if I if I dress a certain way, maybe one of these uh, sort of like. I guess how people would sit outside of the record label ready to hand out demos that they were hoping that maybe like a fashion house would look at them and say, "Hell no, and, hell and, no!" Okay. They're, they're just looking to get their picture taken. Like, like I said, it's, there's some of them that are invited into the shows, but generally, do I don't know how it is. For, like, I never do New York, so normally the fashion weeks that I cover are London and Paris. Um, yeah. which I do it a lot less now just because again it's turned into like a circus where anybody with a phone uh, like a smartphone camera can like be part of it which makes the magazines pay you less like I used to make a lot more money covering backstage and runway and now they pay less so it's it's just more of a headache than anything um, yeah. but all of these people all this technology has contributed to these people saying you know what I want to have my picture taken and put on this website these brands ain't fucking with them even when you go into the fashion shows like, say, when you go to the, the Chanel fashion show in Paris, you know what everybody's wearing inside the fashion show? Chanel. When you go to the yeah. Valentino <laughs> show, you know, when, when you go to the Maison Valentino show, you know what everybody's wearing? Valentino. Like, yeah. it's, it's, so when you see these people outside, like, the, the, most of the weird dress people aren't even going in. Now, you may see somebody yeah. like uh, an influencer who's wearing, like, you know, say if they're going to like the, uh, I don't know, like the Gucci show and they're wearing like a kind of funky, um, I just said funky, kill me. Uh, if they're wearing like kind of like a, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like kind of like a, if said they're wearing like a track, like a Gucci track shoe with like some of the big like dad sneakers and like some crazy sunglasses from Gucci. But it, yeah. it all flows together. Like it's still kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like it's birthed from okay, this person is stylish. A lot of these people yeah. now, like when you see, you know, you go to these shows and you'll see like the Asians outside of them, like the Asian quote unquote like, black. fashionistas. Yeah, they'll wear like all black with thick sneakers and they'll wear like the uh, the hospital um, mask or whatever across their face to be cool and stylish and all that shit. A lot of them do, they literally cannot get into the show. So they're just huh. out there because you go on websites like fashiongonerogue.com you go on complex.com you go on heistnobiety.com you go on um, you know all these different fashion websites um, even when you go on uh, especially like style.com vogue.com I think style.com has just transformed to vogue.com so it's the same website um, okay. you know, vogue.us or vogue.uk any of these sites They'll they'll pick like say like a person a day or whatever, and, or they'll they'll have like a roundup of the week and say, you know, these are the, you know, this is how Paris Fashion Week look, or this is how the people dress during Paris Fashion Week, and it's like no, that's how the attention seekers are dressing during Paris Fashion Week because the normal people yeah. don't fucking dress like that. Like yeah. the people that actually go into the show, like the girls, yo, they are dressed super nice, nice dresses, all this kind of shit. The guys, you know, they'll wear like. I mean, they'll dress like me, just like, you know, some jeans or like a button down shirt or something like that or like a jacket. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's yeah. it's chic and it's like it's trendy and it's it's a little bit out there, but it's still like reeled in. The people outside the shows and it's funny because like there'll be some shows where I just do the um say like the street style um, for a certain magazine, which street style is basically just like the people that are, you know, arriving to the show or leaving the show. And you, you know, you take their pictures of what they're wearing like out in the streets. And 
sometimes if I'm covering that, I may not go into the show because people that don't know, like these fashion shows on literally only last 15 minutes. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, the wait a lot of times when you get there, it's supposed to start at two o'clock. It don't start till two thirty, two forty five. The show literally lasts 15 minutes, which makes sense mm-hmm. because you can't these girls are walking. It's like one after the other. You can't. That's a lot of clothes already for 15 minutes. So, yeah. Um, so you're out there waiting sometimes like, you know, when you're covering street style for these magazines and you look around and it literally is these these weirdos who are dressed like this and they're you know, they pace back and forth in front of these venues, hoping that one of these photographers out there will say, hey, can you pose for a picture? Like that's that's desperate. That's a that sad desperate. That's a sad existence, dude. Like they legit yeah. wait out front of these shits and they just walk around and walk around and walk a fucking round hoping that somebody is going to take their picture of what they're wearing or what they spent a lot of times their parents good earned hard earned money on just to come to this fashion show. And a lot of people a lot of them don't even fucking live here, yo. Like they'll fly from New yeah. York and they'll tell their friends Yo, yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Paris Fashion Week, and people from home that aren't here, they just figure, oh, dope, you got invited. Nah, b, they're hanging outside the front of the show, hoping to take a selfie with their favorite blogger, or just say hi to somebody, or touch somebody's shoulder, or like it's it's a sad thing, but it really just stems from attention seeking. Yeah, that's crazy. So I say all that to say, I say all that to say. <clears throat> Fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Man. I, I, like I said, I always thought it was some sort of like, nope, you know, hoping to be seen for like recruitment or something like that. No, Not necessarily. They're popularity. hoping to be seen, but for you know, so they could show it to their friends. Like, yo, look, I'm on. Uh, so they can take that screenshot and then post it on their Insta story or whatever. Like people yo. live, people like would kill for that shit, yo. It's because That's... I because I work in it now. I see like. You see how sad it is because at the end of the day, yo, it's cotton, it's polyester. It like it's really not yeah. that serious. Like I've never yeah. been somebody who cared that much about fashion. I care about shooting a beautiful woman in a strong way with you know tons of movement. The clothes are secondary to me. So when I see people like yeah. fawning over and and just tripping over and going crazy over these clothes, I'm like, yo, y'all are nuts. Yo, anyway, uh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> Plus, like, yo, you you gotta be whack. You got whack friends if they let you do that shit, yo. They let you blow all that money just so you can hold to be seen, yo. Like, yeah, but that's like, have a talk I mean, with your friend, yo. Let them know that they got something missing in their lives that a photo can't. And just fill. let them know, like, <laughs> just be like, yo, you you being a corn right now, like, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, go get your yeah. go get your money back. You know what I'm exactly, saying? Because because yeah. realistically, uh, during Fashion Week, say Paris alone, there's thirty something shows, like. Yeah. Those they like these these fashion websites are going to renew those pictures of what people are wearing literally every day. So you spent uh, you know fifteen hundred two thousand on an out on an outfit that is going to live on their website for twenty four hours. Like y'all yeah. corny, stop that shit. Yeah, that's trash. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the last thing we're gonna get to, um, again for people that know the podcast is the cool table, um. Yeah, so the cool table is basically our segment on like we just bash people for things that we don't understand. Um, so this is our portion of the podcast where we show love to somebody in the art field. Doesn't necessarily have to be you know graphic design or paint. Doesn't have to be photography. Doesn't have to be fashion. Just it could be a song. It could be anything that we want, man. But just something that you really rock with. Um, you know, this is our chance to kind of give them praise because a lot of times people's work just 
quite simply just goes unnoticed, you know, by the masses. So who you got? Yeah, yeah. Yo, I got Kerry James Marshall. I switched it up, man. I, I know I got. I'm, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save my boy for the other one. Oh, I gotta save him. But Kerry yeah. James Marshall. Yeah, yo. I was about to. I was about to say like, yo, why are you picking the chick from Scandal? I was mixing him up with uh, Kerry Washington. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> oh man, baddie too, yo. She bad. Yeah. Yo. Now I don't like her lips, man. She can't close her mouth, so like she always do this weird shit with her lips, where she like. Almost I know like exactly she, what you're talking about, though. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> like, man, close exactly your got, what you're talking about. Like, man, close yeah. your goddamn mouth. But go ahead, my bad. <laughs> um, now, uh, Kerry James Marshall, he, he's now, if you haven't heard, he's the most expensive living African-American artist right now. So he had a piece sell. This was probably, but this was actually like last month. I'm, I'm going to say last month because we recorded we record what three weeks ago yeah we were like that okay yeah 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 so it's been since then um yeah so last month he became the most expensive living african-american artist he had a piece that sold for 21 million a little bit over 21 million dollars and uh by a mystery buyer who we later found out was diddy yo can we just yo for for podcast purposes can we just call him puff i never liked the word puff. diddy and like he yeah, just yeah. for us since we were like since we grew up he puff was puff daddy. daddy or puff so yeah yeah can we just call yeah, him yeah, puff? yeah 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 diddy diddy was the crossover version you yeah, know what i mean he that. started yeah 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 puff puff was the biggie ready to die warning version yeah so puff puff uh made the purchase he came out uh it came out later that he was the the mystery buyer so with that with that purchase he became again the most expensive uh living african-american artist and his work is dope like if you if you get the opportunity google carrie james marshall he has a series called rhythm master rhythm master uh we found out we found out about it after we started doing intergalactic soul but i can honestly say since then it has been an influence at least on like how I look at the artwork that we create. Um, and as well as like, you know, he, there was at one point where he did a, I don't know if we want to call it exhibition, but basically he went into like this, um, uh, he went into like this closed down shopping center. It reminded me of that shopping center. Remember that joint across from the scope where the Popeye's chicken is at? In downtown, uh, yeah, 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 right yeah, across yeah. MacArthur is like that close, yeah. So, yo, that, I remember the reason I remember that spot, yo, is because that was the first time in that parking lot that I ever heard Brenda's got a baby. Because my brother had just copped the uh, the Tupac, um, the Tupac tape, uh, Tupacalypse Now, and that was the first time I ever heard that track, yo. But go ahead, memories, yo. That's dope, <laughs> though. So there was there was a shopping center. Much like that, it was like these closed down buildings, and you know how they'll put like newspaper on the windows so you can't like see inside. So what he ended up doing, he he went in there and he put up uh, like his work, like in in wheat paste in it. So it it's so much like the newspapers except it was his work, and he basically turned this like rundown parking lot into an art gallery, which was dope as fuck, yo. But um. Kerry James is dope, man. He's he's an older head, man. He, I want to say he's probably like 60. You know what I'm saying? Around that. But shit, man. They ain't never too old to get $21 million, y'all. I say that much, y'all. That's, so, that's crazy. Props to Kerry <laughs> James Marshall, man. I can say it's well earned. And he also did a talk. If you get the chance, YouTube, um, Kerry James Marshall explanation on what it is to be a master of your work. And he has a very, very very enlightening explanation and definition of what he deems someone to be a master and it'll it'll definitely change your perception because we always feel like it's something that's kind of 
out of reach, I guess. Mm. I won't say we feel like it, but it's 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 made to be something that sounds like it's out of reach. When you really find out there's a there's a lot more masters in the world than than you realize. But uh, gotcha. yeah, that's my dude, man. Go ahead, throw yours out there, man. Um, all right, man. So mine is my my seat at the cool table this week is going to Daniel Day. Uh, for people that don't know that name he also goes by dapper dan right mm. so for those who don't know dapper dan he's an older gentleman um black man hailing from 129th and lexington avenue in new york city um dapper dan is ne- yeah so he he came up you know uh, making his making a, a huge name for himself especially in the 70s and then also the cocaine 80s uh up in new york and basically, if you were an elitist, a black elitist in New York, if you were, you know, a successful drug dealer, if you were a successful, a successful businessman, entrepreneur, et cetera, you went to see Dapper Dan. Um, he was the guy who used to style everybody. You know, you went to Mike Tyson, Big Daddy Kane, uh, all these prominent figures all the way down to, you know, uh, Alpo and Rich Porter, the the, the famous mm-hmm. drug dealers from Harlem, who if you've seen if you ever seen the movie Paid in Full, that's who it was based on. Um, Dan basically uh, what he would do is it was a it was a kind of he used to make these one of a kind counterfeits of you know all these different brands from he was especially known for like Gucci um, knockoffs that he used to do um, mm-hmm. well he would he would call them knockups instead of knockoffs um, yeah. but he would you know he would take take designs and like fabrics and all this stuff from these brands like Gucci, Fendi, MCM, Louis Vuitton, all these brands. And he would make, you know, whether it was suits or, you know, these huge jackets or like track suits and all this stuff based on the designs and the logos and the monograms and fabrics of these, you know, these prestigious fashion houses. Um, he, he was also, the, he was actually the one who did the double G Gucci um, um, black and white leather on the cover of Eric B and Rakim's uh, Paid in Full album, ah, okay. um, and he also did the uh, the follow up for their uh, their Follow the Leader album. Um, so he's done all of that, man. Um, you know, I said he used to uh, he used to style for uh, for Mike Tyson, all these different people. And what happened was he almost not almost like he pretty much got um, like a lot of these brands like petitioned to have him pretty much like shut down and like you know they closed down his shop and like he couldn't work in fashion and all this stuff because. You know, again, what he would like, he would call it as a knock up, you know, because other other people that were making knockoffs for, you know, for people in the hood that couldn't necessarily afford the expensive stuff. Dan was making it like he was actually up in the quality and he was charging a lot for it. But he was dressing these people and stuff that was just I mean, just Google Dapper Dan and look at his styles and all the people that he would. I mean, it was just fucking amazing the stuff that he would do. Um, So fast forward to now. Dan is finally getting to smell the roses, you know what I'm saying, before he dies, meaning now he is working with Gucci. So, uh um, Oh, that's dope. So oh, last Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. um He's got billboards everywhere. So last year the Gucci um so all the new collections from Gucci that everybody likes, they kind of have like that old twist to them. That's yeah. from their new Italian creative director Alessandro Michel. Um so so he started working with, um, they brought in basically uh, Dapper Dan. Uh, so they have a new joint venture that they're doing uh, for like a new atelier in Harlem. So he gets to work his own magic with a free hand and materials that are completely supplied by Gucci. Um, That's dope. So, 
Yeah, and he's like I said, he's an older guy, man. So it's like to see that now he's finally getting rewarded for all the work that he put in for the years, as well as all the you know just kind of the blacklisting that he that he had he had to go through, um, you know, for what people basically were like they kicked him out of fashion for that. Um, you know, it's just it's dope to see him finally get that praise. So a lot of the stuff that y'all are seeing, and not only a lot of stuff that y'all are seeing in Gucci now like Dan is working on, but also when you look at, just go Google, you know, go look up old New York rappers from like the 70s and 80s, see what they were wearing. When If you see them wearing, you know, say like, it's a picture of a Rakim wearing a black jacket with uh with the 5% nation symbol on the back that says Rakim and it's uh, it's got Gucci imprint, that's Dapper Dan. When you look at um, Salt and Pepper's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of their pictures, Dapper Dan Dan, LL Cool J, he's the one that fitted them. Uh, Alpo Martinez, who, you know, Rich and Pole, he's the one, uh, he went to Dapper Dan and do that. Um, the Fat Boys, everybody, like, he he styled pretty much everybody, man. So to see this dude, um, a Harlem born and raised guy who just, all he did was just stuck to his craft, grinded himself out, and now he's to be working with Gucci like that is, it's amazing, man. So I gotta, yeah. I gotta take my hat off to him. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. I, I didn't know that about, um, I didn't know he had did that, um, that uh, uh, paid in full cover. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. So um, that's dope. Yeah, man. So he uh, and Alpo, you know, Alpo and Rich Porter, they were they were different because a lot of people would say like they never wore the same clothes. Now they were the drug dealers who were on top for. I mean, it wasn't forever that they were on top, but while they were, these guys, man, they were just they made millions on millions and you know selling cocaine. And he was the one who would uh, who would dress them. You know what I'm saying? He was a uh, you know, as far as uh, Alpo, when he talks about him, he's they used to call him like the mayor of Harlem. Uh, of Harlem, sorry, mm. they used to call him Boy Wonder. You know what I'm saying? And just like all this stuff that he used to he used to wear, all the stuff that he used to style people in, man, it was just always the flyest shit. And when you even Jay Z talks about him in his music, and like when you yeah. see when you would see that, or when you would see some clothes, you just knew that that made it. You know what I mean? Like he just, that was the print that he put on it. So to be now, you know, working with Gucci is, it's amazing. So hats off to him. That's dope, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well deserved, you know, well deserved, well deserved, man. You got anything else, Jim? Uh, what else I got, man? Let me see. Let me see what else I got. Uh, nah, nah, I think that's it, man. I was thinking the other night, man, I was high and I was thinking, I, I, it's funny because I always be texting you and like I'll text you something and the immediate thing that you send me back you be like yo you smoke weed <laughs> yeah you alright <laughs> I was thinking like how amazing bad dreams are and the reason I think they're so amazing is because they force you to wake up to a better reality and live optimism yeah ain't that crazy it is man the guy what's, what's the uh, saying old folks say yo you uh you can't have you wouldn't appreciate sunshine if it wasn't for rain. That shit sound like some uh what was that song? That joy and pain, sunshine and rain joint. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, sunshine. yeah. Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Oh god. Yeah. Man, somebody just no, somebody my brother just sent me a picture of this girl, man, wearing sandals. God, her baby toenail looked like a uh, some old grape skin. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> get that petty, get that petty. This shit, man. I was in the, I was in the, yeah, I was in the train yesterday, man. And I swear, I don't, I don't know if girls just be going like if it's more expensive to get the full pedicure than just get the, um, just get the, the polish on them. But yeah. man, this chick, man, the back of her feet look like molded baguettes, man. Like 
that shit, the 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 old skin, and I'm like, yo, get that shit scraped off, man. What you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. What you doing, y'all? What is you doing, baby? <laughs> 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 that's horrible. But anyway, man, um, what you what you got going on right now? That's coming up. Anything? Uh, nah, man. We have we got an exhibition coming up, but. Until I get a date, man, I don't want to. I don't want to announce it, man. But we we got we got some exhibitions coming up, so there'll be some some dates being thrown out. Um, you know, so stay tuned for that. But nah, nah, man, not not at the moment, not at the moment. Working on those murals, trying to get those knocked out. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what I got going on? Nothing, man. Just just a bunch of travel and shooting. Um, like yeah. I said, I got some um, some magazines with L and Vogue magazines coming up. Um, it's different, man, because we're not like, you know what I'm saying? We're not rappers, so we can't really promote like shows that we're doing yeah, yeah, in certain yeah. cities and all like that. Um, and then, in, you know, when you're working in the creative field, it's harder to talk about your stuff because you're afraid, like you guard it so close because you're afraid that once you talk about it, somebody's going to steal like the ideas that you're doing since it's not like mm-hmm. I can't I can't get up here and say I could never get up here and say, yo, I'm shooting for, uh, you know, for L on Tuesday. And the idea is such and such and such and such because somebody could just steal my idea and then I'm, I'm out. Back, Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But at least like, you know, they know something's going to come to. Oh, yeah. For, so, um, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm shooting. Um, so I'm, I'm shooting. Is it tuition or fruition? Come to fruition. Fruition? Yeah. Fruition? Fruition? Yeah. What did I say? You said tuition, like you going to school. Yo, I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's um, my own dictionary, son. Yeah. <laughs> nah, so, um, yeah, but I do have, um, I'm shooting soon for uh, L Magazine South Africa and also uh, Vogue India. So, um, okay. so, yeah, so I got those coming up and then. Uh, just personal shoots, man. I'll, you know, as as an yeah. artist, you you can't just do commission stuff. You also got to keep your sanity by doing like personal stuff. So mm-hmm. you you can check my Instagram, man. I've been posting, um, you know, a lot of stuff lately, especially um, beauty and makeup uh, photography photos that I've been doing. Um, yeah, that's not for any. That was simply I just felt like shooting. You know, what I'm saying I felt like getting yeah, yeah, back yeah. into it. So, um, so you so can th- check. Yeah, throw your Instagram bad. handler. No, um, you good? Yeah. So my Instagram is at Demarcus Allen, so D E M A R C U S A L L E N. You can find me on Instagram like that. Um, yeah, just follow my stuff, man. Um, let me know what you think about my work, and then we don't have a page yet for uh, or an account yet for Smart Kids Podcast, but it'll uh, we're pro- we're working on that, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So mine's is at uh, Jason underscore Woodbury J A S O N underscore W O O D B E R O Y, and yeah, we'll I'll be posting the the happenings with the mural. Like I do a lot of you know progression posters, posts, posts. I said posts is just posts. <laughs> Make a sleep. Doing the progression of the work, bro. I don't know what the I don't know what's up with my words today, man. Um, but no, I got to get, matter of fact, I got to get my rap hands out. I ain't using my rap hands right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then, um, again, once I get a certified date for that uh, for that exhibition, I'll definitely put that out there. I'm going to try. Yeah, I promise. I'm going to try to come out to L.A. on the, on your, I guess, your second trip when you get back from Brazil. Yeah. yeah. I got to, yeah, I got I to see what's up. Man. I'm going to holler at, holler at the missus yeah, and so, let her know, yo. Yeah, so Brazil is, so... I can't say too much on it, man, but I basically am going to uh, L.A. Uh, well, I'm flying into L.A., but I'm shooting in California. 
Um, and then I'm flying to, I'm leaving from there to go shoot in Brazil. Uh, I'm flying in the Rio, but uh, the area I'm shooting in, the reason I'm gonna say it is because, yo, y'all have to put this on your bucket list. And like, I don't even believe in bucket list, but this is a place that you absolutely have to see. It's called, I can't, I don't even know if I can pronounce it right, but it's like uh, Linsois uh, Maranhenas. So I'm gonna spell it for you, right? So it's two words. The first word is L E N C O I S. Um, and then this, uh, the second word is M-A-R-A-N-H-E-N-S-E. Um, it's in the state of Bahia in Brazil. And it's you. some people have seen pictures of it before, but it's basically a desert with crystal blue lakes within the desert. And it's crazy to shoot there, but it's also hard to get to because it's like... Um, you know, it's like in a really remote location and also it's difficult because usually throughout the year it's just the desert and it's only for like three weeks that it rains um, and the rain leaves those lakes. So you literally only have three weeks of the year, which is between like August 20th and I think like the third or second or third week of September to actually see this. And then it goes away for the, until the next year. So mm. um, so that's what we're shooting at in Brazil. And then, like you said, like I fly back to L.A. from there. Um, working on some some YouTube. Well, I have a photo shoot in LA when I go back, and also I'm working on um, uh, starting a, a new uh, YouTube series. Uh, so creating content starting in LA with a couple of um, couple of influencers. Man, I'm starting a series working with different fashion bloggers just because I've always been of the belief. Well, I was of the belief that a lot of them are boring and they don't have a life and they just kind of you know what i'm saying like they're kind of lame so i'm creating this i'm creating a series to actually prove myself wrong you know and like see that they're they're interesting people and it's more to them than just clothes or whatever so it's like interviewing you know sitting down chilling with them but yeah so that's the series i'm working on um you know putting up on youtube so that's part of the reason i'm going to la and then also to shoot for this project um i have a photo project that i'm working on between la brazil iceland and some other places so so yeah Bet. Shit, yo. That's it for I, me. Word, man. So I am Demarcus. Um, you know, for Jason, we are We are the Smart uh, Kids Podcast. We are two two ordinary regular gentlemen trying not to die regular. That's right, man. That's what's up. This is the Smart Kids Podcast. Thank you for listening. Peace. Hey, put your hands up, black boy. Hey! I don't wanna hurt nobody. We just came here to party. See a few dames exchange some names. I'm a top shot, the kid stay in your lane. The cop shot the kid, same old same. Pour out a little liquor, champagne for pain. Slap boxing in the street. Crack the hygiene in the heat. Cop cars on the creek, doing they roundups. We just watch for the sweet. Yeah, it's hotter than July. It's the summer when niggas die. It's the summer when niggas ride. Together we'll be strong, but forever we divide. So y'all are blowing my high. Type of shit that's killing my vibe. White kids are brought in alive. Black kids get hit with like five. Get scared, you panic, you going down. The disadvantages of the brown. How in the hell the parents gonna bury their own kids, not the other way around? Reminds me of Emmett Till. Let's remind them why Cat Neal.